Try that again. Hello. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> Hello. It's still not right. <laughs> Hello, I'm Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today, I'm going to tell Montana about Rhonda Bell Martin and try not to stare at the screen, like, at all because of what she has me seeing un- directly underneath her mic today. But uh, before we get to that, Montana, what are we drinking? Uh, it's a pick your poison. Um, yeah, it's it's a pick your poison. Uh, I think this is a serious one. Yeah, this this one will be a serious, another serious one. So we're not laughing about that, obviously. No, we have to find something to laugh about. So Montana usually finds something, and today it's brought to you by a gnome on a pole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's exactly what it sounds like. Let me tell you. <laughs> I have a little um a little statue of a gnome um on a pole. It's a it's a exotic dancing gnome. So Cause why not? If you want to get a picture for that for the Hmm. That's a good idea. Also, um today's episode will be brought to you by Barking Dogs because I have to um be the one to talk and I can't mute it. So Enjoy, enjoy a barking dog in the background most of the episode, more than likely. And I'm actually, uh, I have the gnome pointed towards the camera where it's her <laughs> butt cheeks. Of course. Because she's I wearing get, I get to see. So, the whole time. I just want Samantha to have some joy in her life while she tells this terrible story. Uh, okay. It's something, I'll tell you that. This so. Is actually, this is actually my costume for Halloween. <laughs> That doesn't surprise me, oddly enough. Actually, no, no. if I got a picture of exactly that as you dressed up just like that, I would just nod and uh, not be surprised at all. I'm could, actually going totally as um, Mr. Potato Head this year for uh, <laughs> Halloween. See, what? then if you get a picture, you can post it on your corp- as your corporate picture and it'll actually be a picture of you. Oh, that's true. See, it was it was like a coin toss. It was either going to be Mr. Potato Head or it was going to be Rex. But like uh, the costumes for Rex, it, they're like the blow up ones and they're not like the blow up dinosaurs. It actually looks like Rex, um, but it's the blow up. And I was like, that wouldn't be very comfortable. So I was like, I'm going to stick with Mr. Potato Head, which originally my husband and I were going to go as Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, but he's not going to be in town. So I was like, I'll be Mr. Potato Head. Why not? He was like, no, you can't. Just go as Miss Potato. And I said, no, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head is a main character. Like, I'm going to be obviously, Mr. Obviously, you're the main character. Yeah. Well, it's on theme. Um, Kelsey's son is going as um, Buzz Lightyear 
and she's oh. going as Miss Bo Peep, and her husband is going as Woody. Of course. So I was like, I can either be Rex, Mr. Potato Head, or one of the aliens. Oh, the aliens would be fun. Yeah. You could just <laughs> talk just like them all the time. Every person you see. But the the costume for Mr. Potato Head was easier to get. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Anyways, okay. um, that was my little happy thing. Now tell us terrible things. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna start out with a quote. Quote they, psychiatrist, examined me twice, and the only two things they told me was that I am guilty of murder. I admitted that to the police long ago, so they didn't tell me anything new. I wanted to know what made me want to do these things, and I pray to God that somebody will give me the answer. End quote. Can- that, that quote, um, I wanted to start this one off a little differently because I read that quote and I was like, this sums up basically her mentality from start to finish okay so you're not gonna like this one at all from the beginning all the way through um whereas some of the black widows that i've covered it's like okay i can kind of see it or there might be something kind of humorous about some of the stuff that they did or the the way they did it but I mean, obviously, it's not ever funny when a person kills another person, but I mean, the giggling greenie, just the name alone, um, was just well, absolute ludicrous. And and some of them are flat out crazy. Um, or they had abusive backgrounds, right? This isn't one of those stories. Great. So a real psychopath. I mean, anybody who murders is a psychopath. Yes and no. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of give and take on this one because it's... There's a lot going on here, so it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts at the end of it. Okay. Um, so there was no point in putting off the headline because I'm sure at some point we're going to have it either in the show notes. There's going to be a, a telling of who, what kind of a person this person is, or maybe in the titling of the episode, since we never know what Montana is going to choose for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, it's it's basically another Black Widow sort of, kind of, uh, among other things. Um, she wasn't really pinned as a Black Widow, though, because she was also accused of killing her mother and three out of five of her children. So oh, wait, wasn't there another woman that we covered who did the same thing? Very similar, yeah. yeah. Um, that was Audrey Hilly, I believe. And she um, nearly killed her daughter. Widow. And she was termed a Black Widow. So, But she actually killed multiple husbands, I think. Um, in this situation, it's a little different. Um, so yeah, buckle up. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a wild ride to say the least. Rhonda Bell was born in 1907 in Alabama. I couldn't find a city to parents or actually it, I did find another article that said she may have potentially been born in Mississippi. Um, but either way, her parents' names were James Robert Tomley and Mary Frances Gibbon. According to one report that I read, her father operated a sawmill and her mother actually ran a boarding house. She had three siblings and one half sibling. The half sibling was her father's son from his second marriage, and she was born right in the middle of all f- of her four siblings. Wait. She, but she was born in the middle of her other? Of all of her siblings. So he was still married to her mother when he got another woman pregnant? And then he, no? I mean, it's a half-sibling. So, like, she is the third born. And then she has two younger siblings. 
one is a half sibling because okay. he ended up having a second marriage. So yeah. that's the youngest of all of them. And this, her half sibling was born like 15 years later. So, okay. You said in the middle of all of them. So I was like, this kid. No, I meant me. she was born in the middle. Okay. okay. She Not was him. born. Not yeah. that kid. Okay. I was like, uh, okay, sir. I was trying to figure out a way to explain it, but sorry. Poorly worded. My bad. When she was just 12 years old, her father deserted the family and apparently started a second family. All right. Not much else is known about her early life, but what is known is she was married five times, of which I could find info for four fairly easily, and I really had to dig for any information about the first marriage. A lot of articles didn't even mention the first marriage, and some of them didn't even count it. They would say she was married four times, but or they would say she was married five times and then only talk about four of them. So I don't know if this guy like intentionally hid his information or if she didn't want to talk about it i really don't know um but the lucky for number one was wr alderman they were married when Rhonda was only 15 years old in 1922 because in the state of alabama if you have parents consent you can get married as early as 14 that's fucking gross um how about we change some laws (laughs) please he was apparently one of Rhonda's mother's boarders and a World War I veteran who was 27 years old when they got married. So 12 years older. See, I don't even understand how as somebody who is almost 30 years old, like obviously I'm more than 30 years old, how you could even be attracted to a teenager. Have Mm-mm. you spoken to a teenager? They fucking suck. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a park episode. <laughs> That always makes me happy. Yeah. No, I can't imagine. I mean, this, he was basically, he was, he was almost double her age. Yeah. Which gross. Okay. Well, in any case, the marriage only lasted four years before they divorced. I imagine she became an adult and was like, you know what? I don't really want to be with a pedophile. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. But no, thanks. I'm going to go now. Next, she married George Garrett in 1928. They had a total of five children together, and unfortunately, none of them made it to their teenage years. Oh. Mary Adelaide died at the age of three in 1934 of pneumonia. Emma Jean. Why'd you do quotes? Emma Jean died in 1937 from a heart attack. Stop doing quotes. Judith Charlene died in 1939 of jaundice, and she was just 10 months old when she died. Next, Garrett also died in 1939 at the age of 35 of pneumonia. Some places said 1934, but the gravestone actually has 1939, so I'm going to go with that date. Um, And on findagrave.com, it had an entry that simply said, and spoiler alert, second husband of Rhonda uh, Rhonda Bell Martin, who killed him by adding poison to his whiskey. Oh. Oh, no. Um... I mean, I saw that coming. I didn't see it in the whiskey, though. So kudos to her. Yeah, it's... For getting it in there, I guess. Do, do what you gotta do, I guess. Um, or you feel, apparently, that you need to do. I mean, After... I that's the ultimate party pooper, though. Like, the biggest party foul. To mess up alcohol? Yeah. Yeah. Let me poison nice. your, your, your booze. That you probably need at the end of working all day long. 
and then you come home and from all I understand, she wasn't a very nice person. So after this, she moved to Mobile with her mother and two remaining daughters named Anna, Carolyn, and Ellen Elizabeth, which by the way, Ellen is spelled with a Y. So it's E-L-L-Y-N, which I think is so pretty. I've never seen that before, but it's really pretty. Yeah, it is pretty. So her two daughters, were they like older than the other ones or were they like the youngest of the five? Mm, I'll go through the ages closer, uh, a little bit further down, but the last two, let's see. Uh, they weren't the oldest. I think, uh, I forgot to put the ages up here, but I think Imogene, as far as the, the order that they were born, that's definitely not how it worked. Because Mary Adelaide was three, Judith Charlene was 11 or 10 months, and I think Imogene was three when she died. Okay. And then, so they ended up being older. But, but as I've already said, they didn't make it to their teenage years. So it's just because they were there longer. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I was just, I was just curious, like the three that died were killed, whatever. Um, they were killed. We can go ahead and say it. Uh, but were, was she like killing them as they became like to a certain age? No. Or like, okay. All right. No, there's not a whole lot of, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to find a lot of reason in this case. Okay. Um, Later that year, her mother died after a long drawn out illness. Okay. She then moved to Montgomery with her two remaining daughters where they both died. Anna Carolyn in 1940 from a throat disorder and Ellen Elizabeth in 1943 of a stomach disorder. I'm so, how do you die from a throat disorder? That's that's all that? the information that was provided. So I guess that's what she called it. Because all of these quotes are there directly from her. That's what she said they died from. Oh, so they like just, I, I forget too. Like they, they died. They probably didn't do an autopsy. No, these were children. It was in the 20s and 30s and 40s. So yeah, a lot of times kids just didn't live that long. Yeah, That's why okay. they had so many a lot of times to have backups, essentially. Let's be honest. Jesus. I'm just saying that, that it, it is. I mean, you're not wrong. Was, yeah, it's, that's exactly wrong. the mindset. All of the children were buried with their father from what I found in several article, articles in an area of a cemetery. And the area was named The Last Supper. So she had her husband and the five children all buried in that same plot. Lot, whatever. She then married Talmadge Gibson, August 11th in 1947, but he deserted her after only five months. I wonder why. He doesn't talk a lot about stuff. (laughs) I have a quote quote later from him, but yeah, maybe he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. On October 28th, 1949, she married her fourth husband, Claude Martin, who died April 27th, 1951. So he didn't even make it a year. Or no, he didn't make it two years. He did make it one year. Um, The website, same website to find the grave, for this one said, fourth husband of Rhonda Bell Martin, who murders him by putting arsenic in his coffee. Yeah, I figured it was arsenic. But, like, how do you have, And uh, I guess, you know, it's it's not the 20, it's, it's not current time, so people don't talk about, you know, 
people's lives as much. Your life isn't a constant conversation about everybody else because you're all on the internet or you're like in some kind of news article. But I was just like, how do you, is she like moving around? Cause people well, yeah, because so, so remember I said she moved with her when after her second husband died, she moved to uh, Montgomery. She moved to Mobile, Mobile with her mother and children. And then her mother died, so then she moved to Montgomery. And then her two daughters died. And I think that's where she met both Talmadge and Claude. Um, she she moved between Mobile and Montgomery, essentially. Okay. It's I don't really like, know. It, it It's not like she changed towns every single time. It was basically two towns, Mobile and Montgomery. But, you know, those are big cities, too. So she could have been on one side of the town or one side of the city and moved to the other side. And nobody would know any different. Like, and I'm not saying tragedy can't strike like that. But my thought is, like, is she not telling these people? Oh, I'm like, sure she's not. Her, like, oh, wait. No, I'm lying. She probably did. I'll get into yeah. that. I was like, she probably did because it's probably a way to like rope them in and be like, oh, feel sorry for me. But if it was me on the other side of that table, I'd be like, bitch, people die around you. I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a head on out. How about I cook dinner? Yeah. <laughs> I, no, no, you're tired. You go sit down. I got this. Let me take care of it. Also, I'm going to put a lid on my drink. Yeah. After which, after his passing, it was reported she received three to four thousand dollars and his car. This will differ from a story that she tells later. Interesting to note, his first wife died in 1948, just one year before they got married. So he was a widower. Wait, do you think she killed that woman? No. Okay. She didn't even meet him. Or uh, she didn't meet him when they were married. Okay. It was just like he was from all I could see like he was just bowled over by this woman and he loved her so much and i mean i've met and work like had clients that were widowers and there's something very sad about them when they lose their wife it's very difficult for them they're missing a piece of their life a lot of times they've been married for a long time and i'm i have a feeling that was the case with this one i don't remember when they got married so he was probably looking for companionship and yeah, they don't know up. how to be alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, finally, on December 7th, 1951, she married her former son-in-law, Ronald Martin, Claude's stepson. Oh, no. Oh, and just FYI, Ronald was 24 and Rhonda was 44. Honey. What? <laughs> okay. So, um, technically, technically, that's still considered incest in yeah. the state of Alabama, even though they're not blood related. And this was her stepson. So this was from his first marriage. Still, ew. Well, I mean, 20 that's, years. A whole, that's a whole fetish. Oh, I don't doubt it. But it's, it's a whole fetish. No. And yeah. I mean, my thing is like, dude, really, you just. You never even wondered about your dad. Not once. Because oh. from all I could see, he was bowled over by her too. And some people theorized that she killed Claude to get to Ronald. Because obviously Claude was older. But, and and apparently Ronald was just in lo- head over heels in love with her. But I just don't, 
again, I just can't see. I just, I don't understand it. I'm not going to pretend to. I'm not going to try to. But, I mean, she's also learning from what she was brought up in. She married an older man when she was a child. She married. And and I think all of the men that she had married up to this point were older than her. Mm-hmm. So maybe she wanted to see what the younger ones were like. I don't know. And it was theorized that she killed Claude to get to Ronald. But there wasn't anything to show that that was actually the case. He was actually overseas. Um, pretty much the whole time she was married to Claude. So I don't know. I think she maybe met him once. Uh, they definitely didn't have a lot of interaction. Um, and he ended up coming back into the States, obviously, when his dad died. And they spent more time after that together. Yeah, it was probably just a convenience. And one of the articles I read, he was actually overseas. Somehow they got married. He must have had like a really brief stay. And they got married and then he went back overseas. So he was overseas for a while, even after they were married. Um, But neither here nor there. I guess they're consenting adults, technically. Uh, I'm just, I'm having a hard time. What is she getting out of it? Like, is there, are there insurance policies? I'm going to get there. That's literally okay. not the like, next paragraph, but the paragraph after. What, what is this about? Like, is, is it monetary? Why do you think I was fascinated by this case? I was like, what, what, what is going on? Cause you've got, she's killing her husbands, her children, very likely killed her mom and killed her children. That's very unusual to have all of that. But again, we've already mentioned it. I think it was Audrey Hilly that um, did something very similar, nearly killed her daughter. But I don't think she actually did kill her. She did. She was sick for the rest of her life, I think. Um, But yeah, so it's an interesting situation. But also you'll you'll see it's it's definitely not the same situation as hers. Okay. She was a waitress by trade. Very well known as a waitress. Um. And at the time of her arrest, she was living in Mobile, Alabama, though some sources said Montgomery. So that's another one where it went back and forth. I'm fairly certain it was Mobile because one of the uh, more official documents I found said she was at a restaurant she was working at in Mobile when she was arrested. So I'm assuming it's Mobile. That's why I went with that one. And uh, she was described at the time as a, quote, heavyset, red-haired former waitress, end quote. Me too. (laughs) I'm, I plead the fifth. Another description was, quote, those that knew her could attest that Rhonda must have had substantial powers of persuasion to get all these men to marry her. She wasn't known for her beauty, didn't have money to offer, and her personality left much to be desired. Allegedly, Rhonda had help in convincing her suitors to say, I do. Help that came in the form of a liquor bottle. End quote. Oh. Well, I was going to say, she must have, like, a golden pussy, but... <laughs> You know, maybe, maybe I was like, it took me 10 years to marry <laughs> the person I've been with. So what about motive? You ask, <laughs> um, I will say that as far as the reason behind what's going on, like I said, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag and not at all what I expected. And it's definitely not what I've read before in these kind of cases. In this case, I know you're asking yourself, when is the life insurance going to come up? But actually, Martin rarely received more than enough to merely cover the burial costs of those she poisoned. In fact, several times she ended up having to pay money out of pocket to bury them. Um, She even spent additional money 
to have her husband's first wife's body exhumed and reburied next to him after he died. So that was Claude's first wife and her her stepson slash husband's mom. So is this, okay, so it's not monetary. It doesn't seem like it. Could it just be like a way of getting attention? Like maybe, maybe like she lost a kid and she saw the attention that she got from it and it just kind of like spiraled. Like, could that, I'm guessing. I think you're getting warm, but I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Um, Oddly enough, it was in the same area of the same cemetery that her second husband and all her children had also been buried, which makes a total of eight people interred there. I wonder if she got a discount from this place. Jesus Christ, I hope she did. (laughs) Quote, this is from Rhonda. Quote, I only had about $500 of insurance on Claude. Ronald's father who died in Montgomery in 51. Uh, and I spent more than 1500 on burial hospitals, medicine and a cemetery plot. I even spent money to, I even spent money to move his first wife in the cemetery next to him. End quote. So her estimation of the amount of money of that she got from the insurance is obviously lower than what I had said earlier, which was three to $4,000. But even then three to $4,000, this wasn't, 1880s this was in 1950 so three to four thousand dollars ain't gonna get you very far i mean i'll buy you a house back then but you still need to i think she probably had the house yeah you it's still expensive or apartment i don't even know if they lived in a house they didn't mention that they just mentioned his car so I, i have a feeling they didn't have a house yeah well so she was comfortable it just wasn't like she wasn't like Uber and she, as far as I can see, she wasn't extravagant. That I think that was that Audrey Marie Hilly thing. I think she was very extravagant. And she was blowing money. She was constantly in debt. The, I didn't read anything like that in this case. So I don't think money had anything to do with it, just from anything I can see. She also denied being influenced by any drugs or alcohol, saying, quote, she began to drink heavily after George, which was the husband number two, died, but I could take it or leave it alone, end quote. So... That wasn't a draw for her either. So why? When I opened up this case with a quote directly from her, that basically said it all. If you asked her, that's all she would say. I don't understand it. I hope somebody will figure it out. So she never actually gave a clear motive. Um, But one thing was very consistent, and that was the fact that she enjoyed the attention she got when they were sick. And she claimed to have enjoyed the fact that they needed her care, and she enjoyed seeing her care improve their health. So it's Munchausen's sort of a proxy. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Quote, after they got sick, I worked very hard to get them well again. I enjoyed waiting on sick people and I used to care for many neighbors who became ill, but I never harmed them in any way. End quote. Okay. Sure. There was actually a, there was actually a, um, a a thing mentioned in one of the articles that I read. They were like, oddly enough, she had a lot of neighbors that would get sick around her. And when she left, they weren't sick anymore. (laughs) Shocking. You don't say. "Hmm." Was she putting something in the like communal water or something? I don't know. Uh, So Martin said that her first child was born an invalid and she never let her daughter out of her sight, caring for her constantly day and night. She said for the three years she was alive until she died of apparent natural causes. Quote, I cared for Adelaide day and night for three years until she died a natural death. Soon after she died, another of my children died a natural death. End quote. Ma'am. Okay. 
Sure. Not sure I believe much of that, if any of it. Um, but further, Martin said she never worried about her loved ones who died. But I worried terribly while they were sick. Yeah, I think this was just like a psychological like thing for her. It was just she saw the attention she got with her first kid. Especially, I think she enjoyed them needing her as well when they were sick. I think that was part of it too. It wasn't, it was definitely the attention of while they were sick. It was the attention of after they passed, but it was also that they needed her. I think it was a control care. Yeah. They needed her to care for them. I think that's what Munchausen by proxy is. It's well, I mean, obviously it's like a psychological disorder, whatever, you know, rooted in like your mental health, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I think it's just about control. Controlling yeah, a situation. That's a lot of it. Well, to delve a little further, as I'm much as I can, into what's going on. Um, according to Martin, the first time she poisoned someone, she used insect poison she found in a crib under the house that her stepfather had hidden. According to her, she just had the urge to use it to poison someone. And then that's what she did. And this was referring to when she poisoned her four-year-old daughter in 1934. So that was the third one to die. Yes, I believe so. No, no, 34 was, this was the supposed, she never, I'll get to it, but she never, um, she never actually confessed to that, but that was it, not her four-year-old daughter, three-year-old daughter, technically, because it was Adelaide in 1934, because she was referring to the first time she poisoned somebody. So either A, she's referring to Adelaide, <clears throat> who she poisoned, but died a natural death, um, or it's talking about Emma Jean, who was actually a few years after that. Um, and cause she did actually, I'll get to it, but she did confess to actually killing her. So like I said, there's a lot of going back and forth. A lot of the newspaper articles had misinformation. Um, so it was kind of hard to get all of this together and it was a lot of going back and forth and seeing what made the most sense and then going to a lot of it. I cleared up through going to that find a grave because they had the dates of the kids lives. So I was able to kind of sort it out that way. So next what pray tell got her caught. Well, I am so glad you asked. Thank you, Montana. You're welcome. Her fifth husband, Ronald Martin was poisoned, but survived. When he got terribly ill after being given poison for quite some time, his older sisters, who had been disgusted by their relationship from the start and never trusted Rhonda, took him to the hospital for treatment. And so that Rhonda couldn't care for him anymore. When he began recovering, he was sent home relatively cured. When he started having the same issues reemerge after he returned home, he was taken back to the hospital. This time, however, the paralysis had set in and he had to remain in the hospital for months. The doctors were informed of his previous stay at another hospital, and this made them suspicious. They decided to have his hair tested, and wouldn't you know it, the cause was found to be... Arsenic. That's right, arsenic poisoning. The doctors quickly informed the authorities, especially since Rhonda had been such a doting wife throughout his stay, visiting him regularly and uh, throughout his stay and his treatment, and even bringing him gifts. So, obviously, the authorities started to suspect Martin as the most probable culprit. I mean, she's the one that's been around him all the time. And then they couldn't help but notice all those people buried in that plot at the cemetery. And they started exhuming the bodies. (laughs) They started to do some detective work. 
consuming <laughs> the bodies and having them tested. The vast reports of the symptoms of the disease all sounding too much like arsenic to ignore. So they exhumed the bodies and had them tested. She was arrested at the Sea Breeze restaurant in Mobile, Alabama on March 9th, 1956, at the age of 49, on the charge of murder for her fourth husband, Claude Martin. After her arrest, she then confessed to the murder of her mother, which was Mary Frances Given, two husbands, George Garrett and Claude Martin, and three of her five children, Imogene, three, Carolyn, six, and Ellen, 11. She later recanted two of the three, and she never confessed to killing Mary Adelaide or Judith. Judith was the 10-month-old. I wonder wonder if she, like, recanted that because they were, like, younger and, like, disabled. Well, no. So she never once confessed to killing Mary Adelaide and Judith. Okay. She did confess to the other three, and she later recanted two of those. I wonder if she didn't admit to those because of that, because they were younger or, like, disabled. And, like, she felt guiltier about it? I don't know. Like, she felt more... I don't think guilt plays a part in this at all, to be perfectly frank. Um, I think maybe she didn't like the negative attention it got her. Uh, Yeah. I mean, mean, not only did you kill children, but you killed children that were... Disabled. Not even a year old, and one of them obviously had some kind of chronic illness. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's that's like my thought, but because I I, I don't just, think guilt had anything to do with it. I think it was more of she knew it would look bad. I could or I worse could legitimately see like her first child that died that had a disability, you know, dying of natural. I could see it dying of that child dying of natural causes, and it's spiraling her into actively doing this to other children. Like I can give her that one, but the second one. The 10-month-old. Yeah, the 10-month-old. I don't know. Maybe she was testing out how she could do it on the 10-month-old. Actually, the second one might have been Imogene. Yeah, so the first one possibly could have been because she was very sickly. But now was that sickly because she was currently poisoning her or was she she sickly because she actually was sickly? That's not clear. Um, And then, like, I know that it was a different time and, like, healthcare was. Oh, yeah, in the 1930s. Not Especially great. for children. Well, I mean, I mean now it's not great. But the whole point being is like kids weren't living that long. But at the same time, they were middle class. They had resources. They probably ate well. They probably had a lifestyle that kept them healthier than normally people would be in that time. Is my thought. Likely. Uh, I don't know. Because I would say... Mary Adeline, Adelaide, I'll get it out, Uh, possibly. Imogene, not likely. She was three. Um, And then Judith, who knows? I mean, 10 months, that's really young. Uh, She could have had health issues, but I didn't see anything that led me to believe that. Well, in 10 months. They believed that she didn't kill them, to be honest. 10 months is, I don't really know what the cutoff for SIDS is or anything like that. Like, I'm not a baby expert, but 10 months seems a bit old for it to be natural causes with a baby. Unless you've been having health issues throughout. Yeah, unless they've been having health issues throughout. And if she got so much attention with the health issues for the first one, 
why wouldn't she publicly say it? Yeah, see, I wonder too. Um, one thing that occurred to me is maybe Mary Adelaide actually was sick and she was taking care of her day and night and she did find fulfillment and she did get that attention and she did like all that and she really did die of natural causes. What if she was poisoning Imogene trying to get her sick so she had to care for her and could get that same attention and she didn't realize that she overdosed her and killed her? Yeah, that yeah, that's and then same thing with the ten month old. Like didn't realize that she needed to adjust those dosage, and a very 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 small dosage would kill a child. She was testing out how to dose people because if you noticed, they started lasting longer. They they started living longer, and her mother lived for I think about a year, maybe a little bit over. So it's definitely a thought as far as what might have been going on in this really messed up mind that we're discussing. It's just so weird. She also confessed to the non-fatal poisoning of Ronald. If she was worried or upset about the arrest and charges, she certainly never showed it. If anything, some said she appeared to be relieved to no longer have to look over her shoulder. There was never any remorse shown whatsoever. There was just nothing there. Not even a feigned emotion. Some said it didn't seem like an apathy from a sociopath either. And they described her attitude was that she knew she had done wrong, but it's just who she was and what she did. Like brushing her hair, brushing her teeth. That's so weird. Like, she didn't, like, she didn't show any signs of, like, emotion at all? No. And, And all the interviews that I read that were in the newspapers... She's very straightforward and matter of fact, like, I I don't, I really don't know why I talked to psychiatrists and they couldn't tell me anything I didn't already know, but hopefully somebody will figure it out. Well, it's also like, that's such a weird thing to say, but it's also a weird time for women. So if, if doctors were evaluating her and things like that, and they thought that she was like psych, psychotic, they would have medicated her. So she could have just been medicated during these interviews. Maybe. I don't, I don't know because from what what you're saying from people saying what she was like, they say that she wasn't a very pleasant person. No, it's not that she wasn't a very pleasant person. It's that her demeanor left a lot to be desired. That doesn't necessarily mean that she's not pleasant, but it I mean it could mean that she's dull. It could mean that she's boring. But at the same time, they also said she had to be very charismatic to be able to draw these men in. So I wonder if it was a turning on and off type thing where on a day-to-day type thing, there wasn't much there. You didn't really want to be around her. But if she wanted something from you, she could turn on that charm if she needed to. That's kind of what I gathered from it. Like That's if there was, odd. there was a goal there or a motive, then she could be charismatic. She could pull you in outside of that. She didn't really care. I'd be so interested in seeing like an evaluation from like a psychiatrist today on her. Well, unfortunately like, we won't have any access to that. Oh, we won't. She was charged with six counts of first degree murder and one charge of assault with intent to murder. She pled not guilty and not guilty by reason of insanity, but according to testimony, she was not insane and she was certainly not dumb. Her third husband, Talmadge, was even reported as saying, quote, I ain't never seen a shrewder, more smart person in the whole county or yeah, whole country than Rhonda Bell, end quote. 
So I wonder if he really did see the writing on the wall and he's like, mm, this bitch crazy. And like dipped out. Dipped out. <laughs> like, uh uh-uh, hey, hey, ma'am. I, I'd like to live. Thank you very much. I, and it's five months. So it's like, is that just long enough for him to see how she really is and maybe find out about husband number two and five children and a mom that are all dead? Well, it's also like if you weren't sick before you were with somebody and you moved, you married them, moved in together and you're living together and all of a sudden you're constantly getting sick. I mean, and she talks about how much she cared for her husband and five children before they died. And you're like, mm, the d- data no thanks. is going to tell you <laughs> that uh, the variable in this situation is her. <laughs> so. And maybe he was just the main, the, the smart one that, that just dipped out on time and was fine. But I mean, he even said he, she was smart. So I think too, I don't think he trusted her. Um, I think he learned to not trust her. And I think that had something to do with it too. It's well, just what it seems like to me. We can't trust any man who says she seems sketchy because she was smart. Men don't like smart women. <laughs> I don't know. That's, my husband likes the true. fact that I'm smart. No, real men do. Real men Boys do. Don't. Boys don't. If you feel threatened by it, grow up. According to experts for the prosecutor and the prison warden, Rhonda actually seemed to possess beyond average cognitive abilities. But what does that even mean, really? Like, that was it. That was beyond average cognitive abilities. This was their opinion. Um, I I can be described as beyond average cognitive ability, and I put my shirt on the wrong way three times a day. Okay? Fair enough. (laughs) Hey, just because you'd be smart doesn't mean you have any kind of common sense. Doesn't doesn't mean it. (laughs) Or or, uh, what my family used to call walking around sense. There you go. She was convicted of Claude's murder on June 4th, 1956, and was sentenced to death by the electric chair. Oh, okay. Uh, Was it the big yellow mama? The... Okay, it was. All right. Is that what this it's is, called? This, big yellow? Big mama? I think so. Something, no, I think it's big yellow mama or something like that. But yeah. yeah. Um, this actually, that's where I found her was when I was doing research for the Kilby Correctional oh, okay. Facility. And it mentioned her because she, I think, is one of the few, if not the one of the only women executed. But we'll get there. Because she had a heart condition, the prison officials kept information from her regarding her execute, execution until the date was very near. The day before her execution, there was a clemency hearing that lasted two hours, during which her attorney tried unsuccessfully to stop the execution on the grounds that her sanity had not been adequately tested. She stayed in the Jefferson County Jail until May of 1957. Since her execution was set for May 31st, she was transferred to Kilby Correctional Facility, where the electric chair was located to await her execution date. When it was postponed, she was transferred again to Tutwiler Prison for women until about four hours prior to her execution date on October 11th, when she was sent back to Kilby. In case you were wondering, because Wikipedia had this information, I figured I would include it. Her last meal consisted of a hamburger, mashed potatoes, cinnamon rolls, and coffee. I love that last meal. I don't know about the coffee, dude, but I could get behind... The rest of it, probably. I mean, I'd want a soda with mine. I wouldn't want coffee. But the fact that she got... The last not- thing I need is my heart already beating at like 180 yeah. beats per minute before I'm about to go get electrocuted. As it is, I already just drink decaf. I can't handle <laughs> normal coffee. But the whole fact that she not only got a cheeseburger, but got mashed potatoes with it. Like, 
Also, put gravy on the whole thing. Let's just go all out. (laughs) For some reason, it feels like a crime to order a cheeseburger and mashed potatoes. Like, it's fine if you get a cheeseburger and fries. But for some reason, they normally go together. Yeah. But for some reason, if you get a cheeseburger and mashed potatoes, it seems wrong. Is it just me? (laughs) No, it it does seem like something wrong. Because normally, if I were. All right. So now we're going to get on a detour. You're welcome. Um, it's been really serious up to this point. Relax. So I would normally do like an open-faced roast beef sandwich and mashed potatoes and then just put gravy on all of it. Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, because you've do got that. Because you've got, it's almost like a hamburger yeah. and you do have the bread, but it's different. I don't know why, but it is. It's it's not a hamburger. It doesn't have like, I don't know if she had, what topping she had on hers, but it doesn't have lettuce, tomato, onion, ketchup, none of that. It's just gravy meat and gravy yeah. um so i don't know yeah i can kind of but also the cinnamon rolls kind of throws me off too that's a, such a weird dessert. well i can't i can't fault her for that any any meal i have i always have like a sweet treat with and i don't really like dessert but i have it with a meal so if i'm having if i'm having you know ice cream as my dessert i'm gonna order the ice cream with my meal that way i can eat it okay. all together you're a psychopath no, I'm not a second. I hate to t- because I hate you have to, to eat it. You have to eat it in order. You have to have like the sweet first, then like the savory. What the heck? And that is not. That is not a thing. You like cleanse your palate with like whatever drink you have, and then you go back and you do it again. Because you can't have like savory and then sweet and then like soda. Because you can't have like sweet and soda. It doesn't mesh well. That's well, all I don't I'm saying. Drink soda, so it's not a problem. Well, I drink soda. Well, I don't drink soda a lot anymore, but point being is, like, if I'm going to have dessert, I'm going to have it with my meal. And the reason I I enjoy it with my meal, like, it makes it better, but also the reason I have dessert with my meal, if I'm going to have dessert, is because if I get done with my meal, I've eaten so much, I don't want dessert anymore. And I always want dessert. Yeah, I think that's why I don't eat dessert hardly ever is because I always want to eat my meal and then have my dessert. But by the time I'm done with my meal, I don't want anything else to eat. So you, you're missing out. You've got to get the dessert. I'm okay not meal. eating dessert. I've never had a big sweet tooth ever my entire life. It elevates any meal. A bag of chips. I'll eat that sucker. But dessert what can sit in the fr- fridge or freezer for weeks. And I, I would just, it. you know what? Maybe she was a psycho who meshed all of it together. Like she just put the cinnamon roll the mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh my and gosh! All in a bowl, and she was just like, you know what? I'm gonna eat it like this. No, I'm gonna wash it down with some black coffee. You no, know I wouldn't be surprised. Toss <laughs> the coffee in there. I'm giving her. I'm giving her kudos for ordering mashed potatoes with a cheeseburger. And the reality is, is she probably was just eating it the wrong way anyway. So. <laughs> Just whatever. <laughs> I'm. I was just so surprised at getting mashed potatoes with a cheeseburger because we've all been maybe like, they couldn't give her fries. They were out of that for that day. She didn't have that option. Well, we've all been trained to like you get fries. French fries or thanks McDonald's or chips with anything that comes on a bun. You mm, can't kettle cook chips. There you go. Yeah, you can't get mashed potatoes because for some reason creamy. Things don't go with bun things, okay. which they do. <laughs> <laughs> I, why are we talking about? Just finish the yeah. episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Jesus Christ. Why? I was just letting you go. <laughs> this time I didn't stop you because you've been so good the whole episode. I, I, I know. <laughs> Medication's wearing off. I'm just gonna need I'm like I'm gonna I'm not gonna cut this part, but I just need you to play that portion of it to Paul because all he's gonna go is yeah, she's right. She's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Thanks let's finish out this episode. Her sentence was carried out at Kilby on October 11th, 1957, making her the third woman ever to die in Alabama via the electric chair. There was a report that when they first flipped the switch, nothing happened because the chair hadn't been properly prepared. So they reconnected everything and the second time it worked. Quote, Martin's execution featured a slight mishap prior to the time she received the first shock as her executioners threw the switch, activating the electricity before the electrodes were ready for use. Martin had to wait several minutes until the electric cycle was finished before the authorities could complete her execution. I feel like, like that if if you flip the switch and it didn't work, it's like a, a get out of death card. Like, isn't that what they do now? Like, if, if the drugs don't work, like. I've heard of that being thrown in the air. I don't know how accurate it is or if they actually do that. Okay. But. I have heard I it before. Like I had heard it some. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's true. It's just like it seems cruel. I mean, obviously these people are, are cruel. There's a reason why they they've been. So I would never release her from prison. Obviously, she doesn't even yeah. know why she's killing people. She's not going to not do it. So let's but leave it, her where she is. For again, sure. we've made our stance on the death penalty very clear on this podcast. Don't quite believe in it uh, in most cases. And like in this one, I feel like it was. Obviously, she deserved to be punished, but I feel like she could have been a study case to learn whatever well, the fuck was wrong with her. Interesting you say that, because next next paragraph, as per usual. Uh, oh. According to an article I read, she left her body to science, but her family chose to have it buried in an unmarked grave instead. Quote, in a note found tucked in a Bible, she clutched until her final moments in the electric chair. She wrote, at my death, whether it be a natural death or otherwise, because remember, she had a heart disease, so they didn't know for sure if she would die of that first. I want my body to be given to some scientific institution to be used as they see fit, but especially to see if someone can find out why I committed the crimes I committed. I can't understand it, for I had no reason whatsoever. There is definitely something wrong. Another version said Martin's note read in part that she wanted physicians to, quote, find out why I committed the crimes I committed. I can't understand it for I had no reason whatsoever. There's definitely something wrong, end quote. So here's my thoughts on this, though. I believe that one reason her wishes may not have been honored may have been because, to be honest, it seems like she was putting the blame on someone else rather than herself at the end. Like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Hopefully somebody can figure it out. And that's just kind of another way to escape ownership of the crimes that you committed. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, maybe she honestly didn't understand why she was doing what she was doing. But that also meant she wasn't going to stop, obviously. But I do think it, it would be a case of something that could be studied. And maybe she just really was a psychopath and just didn't have any feelings whatsoever. And... She was just like, I enjoy the, uh, you know, I enjoy the attention and, and maybe that's what the focus was. I don't know, but it does seem like from all the articles that I read while she was in the prison, 
she was compliant. She got along with the people that she was in the prison with. She like led Bible studies and stuff, uh, prayer circles. Uh, but she did say that when she prayed, it had to be in her cell alone. She didn't ever want anybody present when she was praying. But like she knitted stuff that they talked about in some of the articles. So, I mean, she was active. She was doing things. She was communicating with the other prisoners. So she wasn't like isolated and she didn't isolate herself, nor was she forced to be isolated from all accounts. Like she was fine in prison. There weren't any, there wasn't anything about her starting anything or trying to kill anybody or anything like that. So I don't know. It was just a really fascinating case because it's a head scratcher. It's definitely not as straightforward as the other ones that I've covered. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let you talk. What do you, what are your thoughts about all of it? I just think, I think it was a, a lost opportunity to study somebody's psyche to understand. And don't get me wrong. She, this was what the fifties when she died? Sixties? Was it? She was executed in 1957. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like back then they were still doing like lobotomies and things like that. Height of lobotomies. So they didn't. They didn't understand. And if they were medicating you, you were heavily medicated. You were either heavily medicated or you were uh, being forced to have lobotomies, especially if you were a female. Point being is, like, it's a lost opportunity to study and understand, like, the psyche of people who do things like this. And I agree with you, like, wholeheartedly when you say she never took responsibility for what she did. She put... It's not that she put the blame on other people. She put the responsibility on other people to come up with the reason of why she did this. But nobody was giving her directions or giving her guidance or tough love or whatever it is to say, hey, maybe you need to self-reflect. Let's put you in therapy and let's say, like, why did why do you think you did this like you need to stop and i don't know that they even knew much munchausen by proxy even existed at that point so i don't know that that they would have even had that term yet and like um, to even try to say this is possibly what this was it's just it's a lost opportunity to study people now do i believe she should have been free and no obviously not ever ever given the opportunity to be around people that she could possibly harm in the way that she And think about it. She was a waitress by trade. So I wonder how many people she poisoned in the restaurant she worked Yeah, in. exactly. So I don't, I don't know. I just, again, I don't believe in the death penalty because I don't think it serves anybody any good. I don't think that, I think that people that do things like this, instead of just like killing them, we need to, we need to understand as a society, what, what makes somebody do something like this so that we can help prevent it in the future? Like you can't prevent things if you don't understand why they happen. And we can sit here and we can say, Oh, it's because they have this thing. And then they have this thing. We'll work on ways of preventing that. Like at the end of the day, I can sit here a few times a year and be like, Oh my God, could somebody please tell me why I'm depressed? But instead of doing that, I sit down and I'm like, it's because you've watched Twilight on repeat for four days. Again. Again. And you have seasonal depression. Like, go outside and get vitamin D. Like, 
instead of asking people to tell me why, I sat down and I fucking journaled and was like, oh, this is why. So it's just like, it's, it's all a waste. Like she killed a bunch of people and it's fucking awful. And like she ruined people's lives. But understanding why I think is more important than just eliminating her. So that's, yeah. I'm just pissed off about that. I mean, imagine so- what they could have learned from her in the, yeah. in the late fifties, sixties. I mean, as time went on, they might've learned something who knows. Yeah. Um, because we had a lot of inv- advancements in that area of science, but you know, we'll never know because she was rather quickly, honestly, executed. Um, it really was expedited pretty yeah. decently because she was convicted in 56 and was executed in 57. And I mean, also, if if you're going to sit somebody down and like to execute them. Do it right the first and, time. And for the first time it doesn't work. I feel like I feel like that's a. Get, you like served. A, you, you, you did the thing you were supposed to do. <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> like, holy shit, man. It just, it seems. Can you imagine being like ready and then it doesn't happen and you're like, what the fuck? We're really going to have to sit here. But of course they load them up with Valium and stuff. So I hope calm so. Them down. That's what I've always wondered if they like load them up with um, Ativan or Valium. Or well, whatever. from what I understand nowadays, they typically will, especially if it's one that seems like they're, uh, their anxiety is a little bit more so than norm than what they normally see. But from what I understand, they do it like hours before to try to, I guess, help them to sort of appreciate their last day rather than constantly living in dread the entire day. Yeah. Um, and also it's a little bit more uh, humane. I mean, it I guess. is. Um, I mean, it's not humane in the first place because of what the execution is. But I mean, if that's the, if that's the one you're going to go with, all right, fine. Dope me up, please. Well, also, you could also take a note and say, like, they're probably drugging them for their own benefit and not the benefit of the person who's being killed. Because then they're not fighting. Well, and they feel uncomfortable about it. So maybe just don't execute people. Um in, in the first place it's just you know my opinion um anybody is welcome to their own opinion about this and i'm not gonna fight you about it i just don't think that killing people solves anything solves anything <laughs> it just doesn't oh obviously i agree we've we've had that conversation but so that is that's all i've got for you um today that is the end of that story so we, we won't ever know for for truth um I do feel I like think. very likely that she did kill all of them, but I guess there's a possible small possibility that the two that she didn't confess to maybe actually did die of natural causes, but I, we'll never know. I think for certain she killed through four of her kids. I, I feel for certain she killed four of her kids. Um, and she, it could be possible she accidentally killed her first one. I, I think her first one is what set her off. Oh, I agree. And with the second one, you know, dying after that, it's it's too coincidental, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. My esteemed opinion. And it was only like a year or two after, too. So. Yeah. 
but so, that's just a little bit too much. And there's there was no so wait you you said they exhumed the bodies. Did they test mm-hmm. the bodies? Well, I mean, for the so for starters, they'd been buried for a very long time, and for another yeah. thing, they were children. So I think that affects them a little differently um, because a lot of times when they do the testing, from what I've seen. Um, when I've read about it in different cases, the length of time that they're being poisoned makes a difference and it makes it easier. I think if it's been a longer period of time, it makes it easier for them to identify that. Um, And so for the kids, they weren't very old and I don't think it took very long for them to die. So I don't know that they were able to get conclusive results from the tests from the children, but they basically had the results from her her second husband that died and then obviously her fourth husband was a clear like open shut they knew so i wonder if um they just had inconclusive results for the rest of them and then she confessed so they didn't even need the results to be perfectly yeah. honest i mean i don't need the results <laughs> she's gotta be the most unlucky person ever <laughs> Yeah, you would either have to be the most unlucky person. It just, it would make sense that she did. I can't say for sure, but, you know, the arsenic's going to arsenic. This is true. It just, there's two coincidental. There's your episode title. The arsenic's going to (laughs) arsenic. Oh, geez. Well, good, good job. Um. I hate these. <laughs> I hate these so much. I know. Because it's, it's just senseless. Being a black widow is senseless. It, it and is. Especially if just you're not getting get a like, something from it. Well, no. Well, you can't divorce. always say to get... You can't say get a divorce all the time because, you know, um, Earl had to die. But... Um, That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> I bring it Dixie Chicks. But not everybody's <laughs> not everybody's role. Uh yeah, no, I well, mean there yeah. are other options, but yeah, by all means, let's let's not kill people. Um, because at the very least, even if they probably are better off dead, you shouldn't make that decision. Yeah, you shouldn't. Um choose choose different you know, whether different you're options. just a regular citizen or, you know, the government. Um <laughs> your face. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay. I need to go to bed. (laughs) Uh, So you can find us on the social medias on Facebook and Instagram at Reaper Tales Podcast. Uh, What about email? You can email us unless you're um, Tammy and Dan. I don't know who you are. Who emailed me earlier this week at ReaperGals at ReaperTales.com. They emailed me like multiple times asking if I wanted to like do something with a pot and I was like no stop emailing me and then they responded and I was like oh you're real people (laughs) (laughs) you aren't a bot (laughs) so yeah if you if you want to sell us something or whatever don't just don't email thanks no yeah we're not paying for like publicity or any we're indie podcast and we don't want anything else that's it done deal we, we both can, have full-time jobs that we're not going to quit in order to run this podcast so. yeah but i love the ones that email me you know asking about stuff or correcting me um or just s- saying 
Hannah was there saying, you're probably editing the podcast. Hey, <laughs> I get some of those. So, hi. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. She is. You're right. Um, be sure. But also, be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, all of the things that you lovely listeners already know to do. But on the off chance you haven't done it yet, please go and do so because that helps us out. That helps other people find us. And we really appreciate it because we need that ego boost and we'd like to see good ratings. So, you know. Yes. Be nice. We do. Uh, if you don't like us, just stop listening and, and go find someone else. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not that hard. Just don't There's be rude. A ton. There's so many other choices. <laughs> We might not be. We are not for everybody, and that is okay. We, we're, we're okay with that. You're not hurting our feelings. I'm. I'm very okay with that. Um. Anyway, until next time. Bye, y'all. Goodbye.